0: Nicole Whitney, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained.
1: News for the Soul is now in its 25th year of broadcasting. Tune in live or visit the archives at newsforthesoul.com That's newsforthesoul.com
0: Next it's time for Indigenous Peoples Perspectives
1: with Diane Hill on News for the Soul. Let's bring her on to reintroduce herself, her show, and her guest for today.
0: Hi, good afternoon everyone. I'm really delighted to be back on the air today with um, my guest today on Indigenous Peoples Perspectives. And my guest today is Crystal Klatt and she's a board member at the Sarnia-Lambton Native Friendship Centre in Sarnia, Ontario. And I met Crystal at a training, at a board training that I was invited to do related to fostering the emergence of the good mind. So on my show, Indigenous Peoples Perspectives, we want to cover a lot of different viewpoints from different people on a number of different topics. But today I thought that we would focus on Crystal's experience and she's willing to come on air and talk about her experience, um, which is a little bit different than what perhaps most people would um, think about speaking on. And it's Crystal's experience as a homemaker. And, And I say it's unusual to have this experience because most people, and most Indigenous people in particular, are really working hard to just make a living, to pay the bills, to get by in life. And Crystal... Has a unique story in that she is able to not have to worry about work. She not has to, she doesn't have to go out and leave the home. She's a homemaker, stays with her children. Now she has. She'll tell you, and we get on the air in, in a few minutes. She'll tell you that she does have a, a, a child who is a special needs. And, but that's not the reason why Chris stays home, and I think it's really uh, going to be a great story to cover the perspective of someone else who who has an interesting understanding or started off with an interesting understanding, perhaps not what we would think, um, in Crystal Klatt's story. So I want to welcome today, Crystal, are you there? Are you able to join us on the air?
1: Uh, yeah hello hi how are
0: you i'm with you guys awesome crystal i wonder if you could give a little bit of your background before we get into the topic of how to your um journey to embrace your role as a homemaker i wonder if you could give us a little background on, on where your indigenous um background comes from how, how do you see yourself
1: um, okay, so I had to reindigenize myself because my dad was um, a product of the sixty scoop, um, and I've since uh, reached into the community and found out that I'm Potawatomi and Shawnee, um, and it's been a little bit of an adventure, but it's been a good one, Um I think everything happens for a reason, like you've taught me through our times together, so... Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. And then I do I work in my community with the um, Friendship Center, which is really great. It's rewarding. It's uh, helped me to feel like I've stepped into my position um, as a female in the community even more, which I think is one of the big parts about uh reindigenizing that to me was m- knowing my role as a female because my colonized view is uh, very different than what my indigenous view is now.
0: Awesome. So, so Crystal, when, when you used the word indigenize, re-indigenize myself, and, and I'm a product of the Sixty Scoop, Could for the audience who's listening, could you just say a little bit about what happened at the Sixty Scoop and what your personal experience was? You, how did you get scooped? Um, so,
1: myself, it's my dad. My dad is a product of the Sixty Scoop. He was given up for adoption, well, he was taken for adoption. Um, and put into a prominent um, white Christian family, which uh, they were a great family. He had a good upbringing and everything. Uh, It's not everyone's story that they're that fortunate, but for him it wasn't a horrible experience. But uh, what happened is that it really disconnected him um, from uh, any of his indigenous heritage, and he also had an adopted sister um, who was indigenous, and uh, the both of them... um, I just just uh, had to kind of learn to reconnect. Um, and he didn't uh, reconnect as much, so it was left for me to do on my own. Um, 60 Scoop was just a time when they wanted to uh, change our value system to match more of a uh, European belief system, Um and I mean, I think it still happens today. You see it in a lot of it, but uh, that's my that's my uh, touching vaguely on it because it's such mm-hmm. an in
0: depth. It's very in depth, but that vaguely, that's where I would go with it. Right. And so, so your father then is raised in an, a non-native family, and um, I think I remember you telling me, or maybe it was your experience that you were raised in a, it was a wealthy family. So, so it wasn't a, a poor family. It was, no, is that not right? At all. Did I, yeah not at all actually he
1: uh he my grandfather uh ran uh Savage Shoes he owned Savage Shoes it was a, a baby shoe business for like leather shoes so they had a really good life and my grandmother um it, she would take the kids on ski trips all over the place like they had a great life they didn't but i mean they were predominantly christian so the the point was is that this very um christian oriented uh, uh, like orthodox family um, ended up having two indigenous children that were brought into their home um, to be brought up in that sort of uh, environment because it was right. more valuable than our traditional views to them.
0: So right. So 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 the kids um, are being brought up with what most people would say all the basic needs right food clothing water shelter. But what they were missing, I think, is what you're saying is that they were missing their their native identity it's like learning about themselves and who they were it sounds like that wasn't really provided for them is, is that right did i did i get yeah that? that's correct it is correct okay so so you're fast forward to how how does that affect you then so that we can understand your your drive and your need to reindigenize. so your father grows up he meets your mom like what, what what's the background there
1: um so my dad unfortunately became a um a victim of substance abuse uh, and he um he has a drinking problem so i mean growing up in that family environment he he chose a woman that was not in his um his class
0: uh which Our culture group
1: yeah so um and then uh so he, he, it, my, my upbringing was very, very different than what he was raised. Um, for me, I think that that's what made me, like, reach out so hard to try and find a different way of, like, living was because what the environment that I grew up in, um, because he carried his own, his own traumas and, and feelings and stuff like that when he found out young that he was adopted – um the way he internalized it and stuff like that, and plus yeah i like, clearly he was not part like he knew he was adopted um the, okay. my upbringing pushed me to go like outside of my outside of my family of origin and um and try and find answers outside of it and that's what connected me to um looking into a different sort of spirituality. I don't think I ever really found, like, a satisfying spiritual basis for myself until I reconnected with my my roots and the land and the things that were really valuable.
0: Yeah, and and, and your story is really remarkable because a lot of people would look at your life and say, well, geez, you didn't have to worry about you know you had rich grandparents you didn't have to worry about money like it was accessible to you was it was it not accessible or was it accessible to you i'm I'm hearing Um, that it isn't based on how you were raised
1: yeah so no it was not really so i had my grandma that would always my my grandparents were around me but my dad chose the life that he chose um and then they uh were not enablers in any way they they um they let him do what he needed to do, and they would remove themselves from the situation. Um, but we still, we still engaged with them and stuff like that. But my dad would, obviously, anybody that is from an alcoholic no, home knows that we keep our family secrets, right? I think that's a reoccurring theme in our in our, um, yep. the, our trauma story. Yep. Um, and then the way I dealt with that is that I went out into the community, and I became really successful. Like I spent lots of years just chasing education and then doing like things that I thought that once my education didn't satisfy me, I decided that I wanted to do passion projects and then I would end up going and doing schooling for like different things like personal fitness and like Reiki and, and all these little like I I was there was a void in my life, I think. I was I was really struggling to kind of meet
0: right and so when when do you find your husband that that you're able to to some would say live a life of privilege cuz like what do you mean you don't have to go to work can can you tell us a little bit about you know your your journey from from that place of like being raised and um with a father who's addicted and and uh, your mother she wasn't present either was she uh, and no, well, she was very,
1: yeah she was very much disconnected and an enabler to my father so she, you know, it was like shh, and 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 don't get him upset, and 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 do this, and so um, she was not very available at all. Um, okay,
0: so yeah, so uh, as you're growing up and you're gotten an education, you got into these passion projects. When do you when do you meet your your husband that you have now?
1: So I met my husband that I have now about um, five years ago, um, and uh, it was after I had had like. I had created a pattern of meeting um, people that were not very available. I mean, we all get stuck in our patterns. Um, and they just played what out is, in different ways. Yeah, what do you mean not available? What would you? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, like they were, I saw so I I, alcoholics. Like I met uh, other men that were alcoholics. My first husband was an alcoholic. Um, other people that I had short-term relationships with okay. ended up turning yep. out being like, like, Substance abuse users The pattern played out right And then my last relationship um, Was the same uh, Substance abuse Um, And then I just I ended up um, going into recovery myself Like I I started doing More recovery focused work Where I was like I needed to look at at myself And see how I could heal And um, I just went with something That was different (laughs) I was like you know what I'm like I, I think I need to try something different. I've been in the hamster wheel. So I ended up meeting my husband, and we, we got along great. And, um, I I mean, he was a blessing. I, I feel like I prayed for him, and he, he was the answer to my prayer, really. We say that to each other all the time. I prayed for you. Um, and it's true. I, and I was fortunate enough that something that my husband had asked from me um, was, that he wanted somebody that would take on a traditional role because he had a um, disabled daughter who's uh, spastic quadriplegic um, cerebral palsy um, and nonverbal and incontinent. So uh, that pretty much means that she's in a wheelchair and she can't do much for herself, and her verbalizing and talking is very limited. Um, she's a wonderful girl, and I, I really am glad that I get to play an active partner life. And she doesn't have a mother figure, um, unfortunately Hmm. he stepped out of the situation so my husband was really clear about the fact that he needed somebody that was willing to make a commitment to his daughter as well as make like with the commitment of him came his daughter and I was more than willing to um, especially because I had a little guy at the time like I had had a, a little guy later on in my life so I thought this is okay I can handle this and then I think right when around the time I had met you I was just experiencing a little bit of resistance towards wanting to adhere to that because for me it was really difficult thinking like what am I going to do now um even though it's an ideal situation right like everybody thinks that they want to they want to do it I had struggled with it for a little while and I thought I don't know if I could do this because I had put myself in a perspective of thinking that all of my work was determined by um what I was contributing outside of the home, you know, like, like I didn't, um, yeah, which was unfortunate. And I I did come around afterwards. I'm, I'm not sure, like a lot of your, um, listeners probably are aware of the fact that you do your, um, your healing set, your healing
0: lodge and your sessions and stuff like that. Um, some, some, some are, but not always. It's always a good time to revisit for sure. Like what you got out of it and how you, how you, um, experience the work that I do I think it's valuable what you have to share so yeah. feel free
1: <laughs> so that's what changed my life actually so funny enough I had gotten to that point where my son had gotten a little bit older and I was resistant to taking on this traditional role um because I didn't see I I struggled with seeing the value in it
0: and um and it was how, really how unfortunate was perspective yeah, well, like what? What did you see? I'm a homemaker. What? How did you see that? I
1: didn't. I didn't see that for being as important as it was. Like I thought it was a. I thought it was important at the time when I wanted to be at home and and take care of my little guy. But I didn't really see how, um, much of a healing opportunity it was for my family. Like now, if you were to ask me, compared to then, I would have a very different perspective on it because. Um, I had believed that uh, staying at home uh, with my son was the practical decision. Um, I hadn't um, made the decision based on the fact that I would have the opportunity to instill um, and he couldn't get from going to daycare or having a babysitter, right? Like it's, And then when I started to really focus on re-indigenizing myself and having like to my core value system shift, right? Um, I, I realized that my children aren't going to get, um, what I need to give to them, uh, outside of, uh, what I can give them. Like it's my, I took on more of a duty role. Um, and I, I realized that, uh, what they would get from me was foundational to, um, everything else that they would do in their life. And I mean, it it sounds like uh, they could get the same thing from going to daycare, I guess, but not to the extent that I would want. Like my little guy is, is, um, is, uh, biracial and he's, he's, he's very much, my children are very much, uh, predominantly, um, native in features. Um, Mm -hmm. and I just feel like he, like he used to always say, he'd be like, like, who am I? and I' mm-hmm. funny because I don't know if I even know who I was, right, but for him,
0: because he mm-hmm. sat
1: in our home um as 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 uh, like we have we have a very predominantly like my husband's there, um I'm lighter. Uh, My little guy is darker, so he used to say, "He's like, am I adopted?" I'd be like, "No, you're not adopted." And with that came a (laughs) whole bunch of me needing to seek out answers for him, right? And then I got into it, and I realized that I can't, I can't look for those answers anywhere else except Uh, for um, giving it to him, giving it to him myself, right? Like nobody else is going to give that. And then that's when I realized how really important this role was, and that I wouldn't give it up for. Anything now? I mean, I before I, right before I met you, I was I was enrolled to go back to university because I thought I needed to spend. Yeah, I I thought in some way if I spent more money just going improving myself, no matter what, I I would I would somehow be worth more. But I mean, now since going to your um, your healing lodge, which changed my life, I mean, it saved my soul from the hurt and the agony that I carried of this colonial perspective that my worth is outside Mm -hmm. there and not in my home. And I feel so, yeah, that's the thing that I, so like moving for me now, like I feel really connected with my, my spirit, the spirit of the land, um, you know, with, uh, my people, community, all that, um, because I was able to let go of it, like coming in when I did that work with you and releasing that ego the 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 driving force of of needing to please people outside of myself
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know like I just it freed me, it really did, and then it gave me an opportunity to really embrace who I was as a woman, like being a woman, I have such a beautiful, powerful gift, and I was giving it away. I tried to be a man for so many years, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah,
0: really yeah. Tell more about that. Yeah, tell more about that. How you tried to live as a man. That that's, yeah. Tell I more about that,
1: Yeah, I was in competition. I I I wanted to. I I was not in my role. You know, like my role now as a woman is very different than what my role was uh, a few year like years ago. I mean, I even up until like when my husband said have a traditional role, I thought oh sure, but I I still um picked up male male, um, attributes of, of challenging and, 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 I'm not saying that women aren't, aren't to like, aren't to challenge. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, I like, I really, um, I wasn't, I wasn't confident enough to embrace, um, myself in my femaleness. I, I really put myself and projected myself out into the world in an aggressive way, um, like, and I think that you can still be confident and be a female um without having to go out and like like be overly um masculine uh and and competitive um
0: and that's where I was at and and, and thinking maybe bond by your ego and not your heart so much, very much so you know like once I started to
1: once I started to go for my heart space um I mean I feel. All of the women um around me, my past generations i I know i'm I'm open to feeling them in my life, and I see them move in my life like like um and that might sound crazy to some people I see them move I be mean, like but I mean like I just feel their presence around me more that that I open myself up instead of um feeling in some way that I needed to be um puffed up my chest and, and, and judging myself based on, on what I bring to the table for a paycheck. Like I put a lot of worth in, yeah. in monetary yeah. you know like I, yeah. like I thought like what, what is the monetary value of me and not the um, knowledge value of me and I realized uh, I, yeah. like, I have a really great power to be able to um, heal uh, the generations ahead by healing my children my husband comes home I I heal my husband, you know, they go out into the world, they heal the people around them. Like, I'm amazed at the shift in my perspective because it's not at all, if you had asked me if I would have been able to adopt this sort of perspective, like, say, even a year ago, it would have been a no. But, I mean, I've worked really hard <laughs> in the last little while since I've been to your lodge, like, amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I would have never been able to say that there's no monetary uh, like I don't, I don't care about the monetary worth as much anymore, I, at all, really. I mean, and I, I don't say that because I have a very cushiony. Like my husband's a good provider. Um, like he's not a berry picker at all, not to say, but you know what? He, he's very, he works hard. He works really hard yeah. and really lucky. But I mean, you can, I could very easily now, and I, 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 I say this with, i like the utmost confidence, I could really now, in any situation, feel free to just be happy in what I'm contributing to my children's life, aside from what it is that I have that my husband contributes. Like, give me a different husband and a different situation and a different home, and it's not going to change the way I, I internalize and feel what it is that I want to passionately give to my family. And really that's the core value of what they're going to take out into the world and and create for themselves, right? Like, it's not, none of it comes mm-hmm. down to what's in my wallet when it comes to what the children are going out and doing and what it is that my husband's going out and doing. It's all about yeah, how well. they feel heart-wise, right, mm-hmm. from their heart. Yeah,
0: and that's beautifully said, Crystal, because there's a there's a lot of people that would look at you, and as I opened up with the show today, like a lot of Native people are ending up in poverty or on welfare and they're struggling and they're trying to make ends meet. And, and so they would look at a person like you, and, and I think the word you used was cushy, right? Like, oh, she's yeah. in a really well, yeah. cushy position because she doesn't have to worry about money. She doesn't have to work work outside the home. Like she can, has everything she needs and, and she has a nice home and a nice car. And what you're saying is that it's not the material things. It's not the money. It's not. It's not. That is a
1: colonial <laughs> but, construct. You know what? I am, I'm just about to move. So I'm just actually about to move out of this cushiony, out into the country. I I realize colonial construct. I'm not against I'm not against what has been created and I'm not saying, you know, let's go back to living in teepees. I'm, I'd be very content Great. to, uh, but what I'm saying is this <laughs> whole construct that we have going on, it's, it's um, yeah. not reality. I mean, you might, I I get people might say, Oh, well, that's easy for you to say because you don't have to suffer. I have suffered though. I mean, my last relationship <laughs> was awful and I, I'm, and um, I, I need, I did my time. Well, and I, I made the best of what I, I I needed to, and it wasn't always horrible. I can remember times when we struggled, but I think the most important thing that I realized that of all of this is that it's what I it's living from a place in my heart where I think like, it's it's the happiness in the home, not the the money. I can't eat money, and I know you can eat food, but we we disconnect from from um, living um, off of. Like, I I I think. Like a lot of times, people think, "Oh, I don't get to eat out a lot." Well, eating out is killing people. You know what I mean? I mean, we yeah. can grow our gardens. Yeah. We can eat healthy food. We have yeah. options. It's just what the colonial view has become of being worthwhile. Is you know, in my yeah. perspective, in yeah. my opinion, yeah, it's it, it, it's the
0: complete opposite. We were rich before they ever came here,
1: yeah. and, then they rich changed. and
0: rich in rich in connection, rich in intimate. Heartfelt yeah. connections, rich in right. the human, yeah, side and, and of with things, and rich with things. the
1: land. I mean, we 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 don't even realize a lot of a lot of these plants that are around us are edible plants. I mean, like I, it sounds crazy, like, and that's why I want to go. I've, I've decided to give up city life, is because like mm-hmm. a lot of these plants that, like, I just found out that maple keys are actually high in protein and they're edible. I mean who would have thought? I mean, I, there's, yeah. there's just a, there's so many things that we, we have developed because of this colonial view on what is, is successful. And um, I mean, your son says it the best. It's a brilliant construct. What they did, they came over here, they saw us thriving, and I'm not about to push the narrative of this prejudice. It's not my intention. But From a decolonizing view what we had going on our ancestors was beautiful we were in touch with our hearts we were in touch with the land and i mean uh the land i since i focused on that alone i've come to realize there is so much um potential of with connecting with the land the food that's available like I, if you started learning your plant medicines, you'd be so surprised by the amount of edible food that is around us. And we just don't even know because it's not normal for us to look at that stuff anymore, you know? And that's the stuff that I don't, our, our, our culture is uh, on the verge of, of, you know, um, it's it's been threatened like our culture has been threatened. And, and for me now stepping into a homemaker role I'm excited because I'm like, you know what? I I had the opportunity to get in touch with my heart through going through your teachings, and um, I can't wait to to share it with my family. You know, like it's just so mm-hmm. important. That it's is
0: such so- a you know your beautiful journey, like to where you are now. Like the awareness you have, well spoken, Crystal. Like you really nailed it by saying, you know, we got educated away from the simple things in life. And we started to adopt a different view, call it colonial view if you wish, but it was a view around like in a definition of success that just sort of undermined and made us look at ourselves as as being less than and not as good as. And so we adopted those views, not realizing the wealth of what we had around us and and it's so true. Like if you go to the reserve or you visit re- reservations, there's so much, like you said, food around you. That that we call it weeds. Like through another view, another person's viewpoint, we would look at it as this just weeds, and that that doesn't contribute anything to my life or my value. And you know, I want to I want to get and earn more money, and I want to get what I see on TV or what I see other people have bring me happiness, but you're moving from the opposite end. <laughs> you're moving from a place of saying, I have all of that, and I need this, right? And this yeah. is more meaningful than every all the material things and stuff that I could have, right? And I do have, but now I need I need this. What's really meaningful is I need the stuff that sustains my identity, teaches me who I am, helps me to understand, right, what the value I am and who I am and the value in the land and the connection that me and my people had to the land. It's a beautiful journey you're on, Krista. I feel very blessed to have been able to like
1: connect with you and, and let go of all that heaviness that I carried. It was heavy. It was a lot of heavy, heavy baggage, just, um, hurt a lot of hurt and wanting to measure up. Yeah. Like it's, it's, really that's what it all boiled down to it was just i had a lot of hurt that i i couldn't let go of things that i had wanted expectations and i had not always lived this good life i mean at one time i i ran away from everything and i was out running around on the streets and i was not ha- i didn't have a good life i mean i've had i've also been on the opposite end of the spectrum where i had a really hard life i had a a really rough rough go and and i was not doing well at all and um, I can see both sides of it. Like, I can see both sides. And having known both sides, I still clearly, after having had the chance to say, do I feel happy because I have all the stuff that I wanted? Well, you know what? No. You know? And it's like that uh, one man, Robin Williams, right? He had everything. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what What happened to him? I mean, it's so sad. And I, I realized, I, I mean, I... Thing everything happens for a reason, and um, meeting you I, and revitalizing that part in me that says, "What is really important? Who am I? Not what is is important. Like like what what makes me feel like I I'm, I'm measuring up against this guy over here with his big swollen ego. I mean, I don't really care about any of that stuff anymore. All I really want is to enjoy um, myself. I, I I live from a place of of accepting who I am and how I feel and, and, and enjoying the present moment and not needing to go into the future with fear and not needing to dwell in the past. Um, beautiful. I mean I really hope that I really hope that you continue your work what you're doing because I think that it's so important. It's beautiful. Well,
0: well, let's talk a little bit about the the work and the things that I do because you know I don't have a lot of people clamoring, knocking at my door, waiting waiting to get in, um, and and the reason for that is because the work that I do is very emotionally intense, right? It can it's it's working with the physical body to transform how you feel to change how you feel. And so were you not afraid when, when I first met you and I gave the introduction and I talked about how you can use your body and you got to get out of the head and get in the body, the body to change how you feel. That, that means feeling it to heal it. Like you've got to be willing to go into that darkness. Weren't weren't you afraid, Crystal, when you first heard that?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I can remember going to your lodge and having to make sticky notes and put them on my mirror <laughs> about vulnerability, I, I had to make yes. one, I, I had to lie, vulnerability is beautiful, but now I believe it, I believe it. <laughs> it's so crazy, and, like I, and it, that was the biggest resistance, it was like, I felt so resistant to it, this does not feel good, it's not, but yes. I mean, I grew through it, right, now I see all these opportunities um, as growth opportunities, and they're, they're blessings, you know, really, people might be like, I, and the reason why I say it's a blessing is, I would much rather be blessed with the opportunity to grow through it before it gets overbearing and it hurts too much. And that's what going to your lodge really helped me do, is that if I let things accumulate up to the point of not being able to acknowledge it and let it process and go through my body, then it becomes something very toxic and heavy and hard to carry. And now I'm very much proactive, you know, like I'm and I and I'm I'm excited at what I have going forward and as an opportunity to to grow through right and knowing that I have my ancestors and the spirits around me that are if that sounds hokey to people I'm sorry but I mean (laughs) I'm more receptive
0: to that right like Mm -hmm. I'm much
1: more receptive Mm -hmm. and aware and it's a blessing I bring it I bring I bring um, my day with uh, excitement you know what is today gonna there's there's uh, excitement in the unknown now it's not fear you know, which is really I think a powerful tool. I mean, who would not want to have that to shift from being anxiety ridden because I was on anxiety meds too i am i and I'm not yeah. on them. And I don't I don't mean to say that I'm not going to promote that because that's not I'm not a doctor or a physician but for me what happened is I don't I don't need anxiety medication. I don't live in that place this year anymore. I'm I'm very much free from that feeling of fear. I'm, I'm excited about my future. I have hope in my future and it's not because of what my outside life looks like it's because of what my inside life looks like which is very different.
0: Yeah. So you didn't run away from your feeling your feelings. Like at some point, and and because this is your your journey is really remarkable because you've really only been to two programs, Crystal. Yeah. And you've you yeah really when you look at two programs, which each program is a three day program. So and 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 it's this year that you actually program. I think I think you started was it in January and then you came back, or was it yeah, December it was in and then March? Yeah. Yeah. So, so just this year of twenty twenty three, you came in January, and then you came again in maybe April. Was it? Yeah, um, yeah. Or March. The end yeah, of March and, I think and, it was. Yeah, end of March. So, so you got to do two programs almost back to back, but it's not mm-hmm. it's not the program, and that's what I keep telling the people. It's it's not how many sessions you have, but it's no. your willingness. It's your willingness to allow yourself. To feel the pain, the emotional pain, which sometimes can um, can tr- develop into physical pain. Because I I was trying to remember, but I think you you were had a very sore back. Did you not? I was walking with a cane. I'm 43 years old, and I was I was walked where I came.
1: Like right before I had come, I was I was having these episodes where the the stress level in my body and the the not moving the energy was resulting in me like a marshmallow being stuffed in the microwave. I would just, I couldn't, I was immobilized. I was not able to, uh, I'd have to walk with a cane. I was going to the chiropractor all the time. Like it was, it was awful. I was, it was debilitating, right? I would have yep. serious sciatic nerve uh, pain and, um yeah and then i just I, you know i i that's why i keep saying like i keep tell, i tell everybody i'm like this is really important like i did it just just going into your body like letting go of all that head space and then I, I like i had said to you before it's like it was exhausting i lived in this place where i was in competition all the time and and needing to be like something valuable of myself you know like uh-huh. and now I have this adopted perspective of radical acceptance for myself right like and I mean that doesn't necessarily mean that every day is is so great and wonderful and rosy I'm like today I'm living in joy it's 365 days of non-stop happiness It's not <laughs> the way it is at all I mean, yeah. I have days where I'm like, I can't function today, and the kids are under my skin, and I'm like, but I can process it. I can stop. I can, I can say, feel this energy, and I don't need to know why. I just feel yeah. it, and I, I let it go. And then the most uh, uh, amazing thing that I experienced at your lodge was um, the feeling of validation for some of the things that I had held inside for so long. Like, there's just some things that some people have that they need a safe space to go and express and then have somebody say, listen, you know what? You're not being judged. You're heard. And then, you know, how do you go through that sequencing of calming yourself down? And you've given me the tools of how to calm myself down. When I get into those hyper sensitive modes where I'm maybe really hyper vigilant or hypersensitive because I'm, I'm experiencing a, a physical pattern, um, because of years of living in that way, you know, the excitability. A trigger.
0: We would call yeah. it, yeah, we would call it a trigger. Something's triggered you. Yeah. Right. I,
1: I can, I can de, I, like, I can deescalate the situation really easily. And I don't necessarily need the outside validation as much, but if I did, I know how to approach people now. Like I'm not, <laughs> Yeah. I'm not as, yeah, I'm not as all bunged up about having to say, listen, I'm feeling really like ashamed right now. Like I have a lot of, I have a lot of shame for for um whatever reason, you know? I don't even know why. I feel ashamed, I feel like I'm not worthy. I just feel like I don't measure up to people. There's always somebody better than me. I mean, it's not doom and gloom. I it's just that's the reality of it. There's, I'm always and you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I still love myself. It's part of the human experience. And that was the biggest thing that you taught me was about having the human experience, you know? Um in my body, though, not in my head. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> not in your head. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to experience it in my body. It is what it is. And I'm not going to run away from how I feel. I feel what it is. So I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to breathe through it. I'm going to let my body shake. I'm going to sweat. I might even cry. Maybe even right. I might even find myself getting nauseous and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to throw up or spit up in a bag, but I'm gonna let it go. And it's and such I a think deep that deep intimacy.
1: It's a deep intimacy yes. with my my soul and my spirit and the connection with the earth. And that's indigenous. And that's yes. why I'm so happy to be at home with my children, and being a healer to my family is because I I get to I if I I feel like if I was out in the world doing this puffed up female, masculine attitude that I had, I would come home and I'd be exhausted and I might not be able to give that to my family, you know, because I would be triggered, I'd be hypersensitive, I'd be bearing a lot of weight. And at the end of the day, the kids don't really want the money.
0: They Mm -hmm. just
1: want their parents, right? So, I mean, it's been a blessing. You've changed changed not only my life, and I think that's our goal, right, is to go – seven generations ahead you know is is healing it and you've definitely done it with one person and that <laughs> one person has <laughs> other people
0: that go well, Christo, and then you to- Chris you give me too much credit you you it's you we provided the space but That's but you right. got to put credit where credit's due right i can't okay. make anybody go to those dark places so so you so you, so, you have to say, you provided me with a space, a place where I could challenge myself and heal myself and feel the things and say the things that I never could, but out. that that's what you did the work crystal so so, I just want you to be really clear that you did the work, yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> and that's uh,
1: that's such a reoccurring I can remember you said that so often too it's such a reoccurring thing that comes off of your lips and it's true it really truly is and um, I just it's so I I don't think I would have actually experienced it though had I not had, had your teachings on how to be able to do it myself and that's what I'm really grateful for and then I get to carry it on with my children which is truly a blessing and uh yeah and it's and the best part that makes me feel so great about it is i i carried that anxiety about how to get my little guy to feel like he could contribute to his community right like being mm-hmm. that he's just connected too and he's you know and and it's beautiful to go out there and be able to take these teachings to say listen you can live in connection with the land, by going through your heart energy and and just feeling it and processing it, you know, he could take that knowledge anywhere and he could share it and that's going to be valuable. And he's going to say, I'm Indigenous and these are my teachings yes. and that makes my heart yes. happy.
0: Wow, that's, a, that's an awesome statement. That's an awesome and to our to our conversation today so how many children are you raising how many how many children do you have in your family crystal
1: i have seven but i have um three at the house right now so i have two for my first marriage which are older adult children and then i have um since four children that i inherited um the four of them lived with us for the first little while two have since moved out because they're adults and then i have his sixteen year old daughter who is um cerebral palsy and she stays with us she'll probably stay with us a long time if not indefinitely and then I have um a thirteen year old and a seven year old and the seven year old is my um youngest and he is my uh biological child so and I had him a little bit later um which he was a blessing
0: uh, yeah so so Crystal, I can only say good things are are ahead for you. And and are you done healing? You, I don't think you're done healing. I don't think you're done coming to pay no. me a visit, I think. No.
1: <laughs> you know what? I you know, My ego, <laughs> my ego <laughs> a year ago would have said I had all the answers. And then all of a sudden I realized this is going to be a deep dive, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, If if this is, it's every day, you know, and it's not tiring, it's exciting, but, um, you know, look, I can learn something new every single day if I want to, you know. I just have to be open to to what the universe is telling me, what Mother Earth wants me to know, you know. There's so much we can learn from nature, you know, like sometimes just being present in, in your environment I mean, it's it's the birds that are flying by. It's all that you bump into. I mean, no, I not by a long shot. Like I said, a year ago, I might have been like, oh, well, I got it all figured out. I've read this book. I think I said that to you before, you know. You read a book, and all of a sudden you think it's all you got it all figured out. But um, no, and I will come back. I would come, I, like, I'll come back to your, your lodge multiple times in the future. I, if not, send my children there when they get old enough. <laughs> because I just think, yeah, they'll be like, I don't want to go. They're going. No, they'll go. They'll. I'm sure they'll be very excited to go. But it's worthwhile to me. And my mind as a mother, and as a person that has really advocated for re-indigenizing um, myself and and being focused on uh, our community and what's important uh, as a community, I really think that this heart um, medicine vital. You know, it's is the core ideology behind uh, us as indigenous people the foundation of of what um is healing for us you know and i i feel privileged to be able to have had that spirit come to me the, this this knowledge and to uh free me from my my prior perspectives because it has been very freeing and very liberating yeah.
0: Yes, for sure. And, and and I think your role as a board member at the Sarnia Native or Sarnia Lambton Native Friendship Center, I think your role here and your experiences, um, you're going to bring to the table, bring to that board table, um, some really good perspectives that will just help enhance some of the programs and services. Uh you're all getting ready to launch. Hey, I know you're still in the business uh of developing uh is it a homeless a shelter for homeless
1: um, uh, yeah like me uh, we if have I'm we're we're expanding on our housing um and uh, we are revamping the building that we have like the location that our um our original building is is in a in a prime location to uh examine um like homeless uh homeless sheltering help and stuff so it's uh, R-E-D, Donna um, Sutherland, is amazing. I mean, I felt her energy the moment I bumped into her. And you and Donna are very close, and then she connected us with you. You ladies are just yummy <laughs> energy, <laughs> energy, and that is exactly the type of role model that I needed as an Indigenous woman in this community. And I stand behind it 100%. I think, I think we... Yes, of course. Of course, it's my privilege. I think if uh, any other females could just, like, have the opportunity to be, like, mentored by you guys, like, especially you in your lodge, it just is so healing. I mean, it's such a blessing, truly. You ladies are just – and you're pioneering, like, different perspectives in the community. Like, some of the things that are are happening um, between the two of you guys working together is, like, revolutionary, like, to – our community and moving forward and really like taking a step out of a place of hurt and into a space of being able to accept uh, where we're, we're um, moving from, from where we had been. Empowered. And being empowered.
0: Yes. Yes. More empowerment. I, I think that's, that's what Donna herself was looking for ways to support and empower people. And and that's what I enjoyed. That's what I said. Well, I might be able to help with Donna herself. You know, has gone through programs um, for her own healing, her own wellness, her own empowerment. And so I think Crystal, with you joining us, so once again, you give Donna and I far too much credit. But you got to look at what you're bringing to the board and well, the it perspective. it all does boil the... down. It all does boil
1: down by leading by example. And you guys lead excellent yes. examples. So, and I feel confident that you guys have have, uh, shown by your excellent examples the ability for me to learn how to lead in an excellent way too. And I'm grateful for that. So that's what I'm grateful for. I do 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 the work and lead by example in everything that I do. I don't preach anything that I don't practice. And that has been the biggest thing that has made me um, be able to live from a place of my heart. Much more easily is because it becomes a point of passion, then, and uh, yes.
0: and that passion beautiful. you're bringing to the that passion you're bringing to the board, and so your opportunity to be a homemaker has provided you the, an opportunity to bring contributions to the friendship center, because well, isn't that you know the other, law of attraction. Yes, exactly. absolutely. Yes.
1: Yeah, and, and, and so would, you
0: can can you see the contributions you're making now through through the board? at 100%, that level... A hundred yeah, percent now, yeah. Where at
1: one time I was like, oh, well, who am... What, what do I have to offer? It's like, no, everything is falling yeah. into place very nicely for me. And I'm very grateful and, and I am blessed um, very much so. So, And I, I, I can't wait to um, go forward. I mean, like, it's just exciting, especially um, not needing to carry the heaviness of the stress you know, like yeah. I get to start yeah. each day, a new day, not in yesterday, yeah. and um, energy you not stuck get, in my body.
0: Yeah, and when you do get stressed, you know what to do to change it, and that's what's really valuable. So, yes. so Crystal, yes. we've, we've reached a, a point in our program where we call it, um, it's called Shameless Self-Promotion, and one of the things that I'd like to promote and I give you thanks for this call today um because the I have an upcoming program happening in uh upper New York state it's at a place called Blue Mountain Lake it's um just a few hours north of Albany New York in in the in the Adirondack Mountains and there's a conference center there called the Minnowbrook Conference Center and it's um it's it part of a property um, that's owned by Syracuse University, so they've been supporting uh, this project, this three-and-a-half-day workshop, and they're calling the workshop Indigenous Healing Practices, so it'll be a time for people who are interested to come out and get their feet wet so to speak and what is indigenous healing practice like how do i what like how do i work it for myself um what is an indigenous people's perspective on healing and how does that affect me as